Well, friends, our scripture lesson today is taken from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen, the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Well, anyone who knows me knows that uh, I actually love watching TV, but a lot of what I watch are reruns of old series. So you know how a lot of kids like listen to background music while they're studying? For, I don't listen to background music. My background noise is a TV series that I've seen like 10 times, just watching it over and over. So I watch like The Office. Community is one of my favorites. And I will admit it, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> but one of my favorites actually debuted uh, the year I started here at the church, 2005, and it was How I Met Your Mother. And one of the characters liked to invent words, invent statistics and stuff like that. And one of the, in one of the episodes, one of the, one of the words he invented was this, possimpable. It actually is in the Urban Dictionary. You can look up possimpable in the Urban Dictionary online, and it's supposed to be where the possible meets the impossible. And I kind of love that idea because that, to me, is what Easter is about. It is about the possible meeting the impossible. We sit here today, we worship here today at the intersection of the possible and the impossible. The disciples and Mary Magdalene go to the tomb on that Easter morning, and they are firmly rooted in the world of the possible. They go to the tomb expecting to anoint the body of Jesus. And when they go and they find that the body isn't there, they say they have taken the Lord. See, this is the only logical explanation. This is the only reasonable presumption that they 
can make that somebody must have removed the body. But they notice a couple little things that causes them to want to interrogate the situation a little further, which is they notice, notice this one little thing. I always wondered about this. This is little tiny detail. And the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Neatly put away. It didn't quite fit. It's kind of like when you're watching Law and Order, another series that I love, and the detectives notice, you know, one little thing just isn't, it's not in the right place. Right? Now, I also like to use this as an example to remind you that even Jesus made his bed in the morning. But... It's rolled up neatly. And it's a thing for us to remember to be on the lookout for little clues that God is active in the world. Be aware of the possibility that God is working, that God is doing things in the world, and we need to be on the lookout for those subtle clues that not everything that happens is strictly in the world of the, of the rational, natural but we might be able to catch a glimpse that tells us that something more is happening. Now Mary sees Jesus outside. She doesn't know that it's him. And so supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away. See, she still isn't sure what's going on. She's still being logical in presuming that the body must have been taken. But here's the thing about this story, and it's an important thing for us to remember. The logical explanation was wrong. The only possible explanation wasn't the only possible explanation. See, it often isn't, and it especially isn't where God is concerned. More is always possible, but it's very confusing. In fact, one of the more confusing sentences, I think, that exists in this story or most of the Bible stories is when they talk about the disciples going in and they say, they also went in and he saw and believed for as yet they did not understand. And it's kind of interesting that you would have this because for so many of us, I think we kind of conflate the idea of believing and understanding. That I believe when I understand, I understand when I believe, you know, that these things got to go together. And here it's like, no, he believed. They believed, but they didn't understand. And so often people think that faith is something that has to be understood. So often I get questions from people about faith and they're in the realm of the rational. They're like, how do you explain this? How do you explain that? But I think that this actually points us to an order of things that often happens in the world, which is that our belief comes before our understanding. Belief that, that actually takes different Forms, not just factual belief, but I think we often are inspired by things. We trust in things. We value things long before we understand them. I, I mean, you, you know, people don't understand music and then appreciate music. They learn music theory because they believe in the beauty of it. They believe in the power of it. It moves them. It touches them. And then they learn about it. Artists. Do not learn techniques and then say, oh, I like these techniques, therefore I'll become an artist. It works the other way around. They believe in art. They love art. They appreciate art. And then they want to learn about it. 
The belief comes first. The inspiration comes first. And then comes a desire to try to understand it. But for some people, if they need to have that connection, they give up. I mean, look at these two disciples. They walked in. They see the clues. It says they believed, but they didn't understand. So they went home. They gave up. And I wonder if that happens to some of us sometimes. That sometimes we kind of feel an inner yearning of faith that somehow we feel God tugging at us and we feel something working within us that's pointing us toward faith, but we choose not to fully investigate it. We choose not to fully interrogate it. And instead, we decide to go home. That we sense God. But because it seems so impossible, so difficult to understand, we give up on that that yearning, that feeling inside of us that's trying to draw us to God. Because we don't like letting go of living in the realm of the possible explanations. But the reality is that the realm of the possible, the realm of what we believe to be possible, is too small for God. We can't constrain God to what we think is possible. I always rebel against the people who try to find a rational, reasonable explanation for everything that seems miraculous in the scriptures because to me that just takes the power of God away. It takes the beauty of God away. It takes the action of God away. I like the idea that there is something beyond possible that I can believe in and be drawn to. And we need to look for it. See, what Mary does, the big difference between Mary and the other two disciples, two disciples go home, Mary bends over to look in the tomb. She was just curious enough to stay and look. She was just curious enough that even though she knew there was only one plausible explanation, but maybe. Maybe it's not the only explanation. And she decided to look. See, inspiration takes us beyond logic. Logic is predictable. It's safe. It's achievable. It's the five-year plan. It's the, you know, just the, the, the let's do these six steps and go somewhere that's so comforting to believe that we can do that. So comforting that they often tell speakers and things, you know, or if you're putting out a blog post and you want people to read it, whatever goal you want them to achieve, just lay it out in three steps or five steps. Here's, here's three steps to a new habit. Here's five steps to lose weight because people are comforted by the safe and the achievable. But you know what? Inspiration is beyond that. What moves us forward is insight that lies beyond the boundaries that we see. And so Jesus says to Mary, don't hold on to me. I am ascending. See, we try to constrain God. We try to make God smaller. And God calls us to larger. 
We want to keep God where we are, and God says, no, I am moving on. You need to keep up with me. God calls us to believe in something bigger, something more than we can understand, and in order to do that, we have to believe first and then understand. We need to come to understand that the possible lies beyond the impossible. I think sometimes we think that there's that we live in this, you know, imagine a circle around you and that's the world of the possible and that somehow the the world of the impossible surrounds that circle of possible around us, but I think what happens is that we can break through the impossible to a new realm of possible. That there is a realm of possible that lies beyond the impossible and that is how we move forward. You know, it's often said on Easter that if the resurrection didn't happen, then the Christian faith is a lie. And that's true in and of itself. But worse, worse than that, if the resurrection didn't happen, the world is just too small. If the resurrection didn't happen, it would just be sad. I need to believe that there's more. I believe there is more. I mean, for example, you know, where we are in Bergen County, where we are in this area, this is an area that's pretty highly educated. All right. So in this room, there are a lot of degrees. <laughs> okay? So there are a lot of degrees in this room. All right. There's a lot of knowledge in this room. All right. We could probably be an awesome trivial pursuit team together. Okay. We'd answer a lot of quizzes well. We could solve a lot of puzzles. We could design a lot of things. There's a lot of capability in this room. But how sad would it be if that was the limit of God's activity through the people in this room? How sad would it be if the only thing that God could achieve through all of us who are assembled here is only those things that we can think of, only those things that we can figure out, only those things that we know. That would be so small. It wouldn't be interesting. The beauty of what lies for us in a, in a world of faith is, is that it expands our horizons so far beyond what we know, what we can deduce, what we can develop a six-step plan to achieve. It lies beyond that and takes us past the impossible into a realm of possible we never thought existed. So I hope that we don't try to take this story of the resurrection and make it smaller, but rather leap off it to something bigger. Because it's just a glimpse of what God has done and what God can do. It was the glimpse God gave us in order to blow our minds, blow our minds open, expand what we think could be into so much more. So if maybe you 
I, this has been a question that's been, that I've been obsessed with lately. Maybe I have constrained myself by thinking too small. Maybe I've constrained myself by thinking too much in terms of what I can plan for, what I can make a checklist for, what makes sense. And yet, you look back, and all the great things that have been done were done by people who, when they started, were told that makes no sense at all. And that's why it moved us forward. So believe in the resurrection and let that be a springboard for you to believe in more. To believe, really, in the possible. Because what we know to be possible today is not all that is possible. And God showed us the way he showed the disciples by rolling away the stone, rising from the grave, and showing us that no matter what we believe the world is, there's more. And I hope we'll explore it together. Amen.